Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... It's these collaborative projects, these geniuses are coming together that are no longer competing, that are wise enough souls that they flourish in a holistic, collaborative environment, and they really flourish from that interdisciplinary expansion that occurs when everybody brings their best. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 454 of Impact Boom. My name's Sarah, and I'm passionate about visioning, empowering, and contributing to positive creative and regenerative initiatives happening locally and globally. And today, I'm so excited to be speaking with Marianne Wobke. Marianne is an Indigenous midwife, registered nurse, storyteller and artist. Marianne's work has been inspired by over 40 years of extensive experience with birthing and dying clients. She was a recipient of the 2021 Australia Council's Ros Bauer Award for Community Arts and Cultural Development for her pioneering work integrating culturally aware, trauma-responsive, creative approaches for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander birthing women. She's the Indigenous lead with the Big Anxiety Research Centre with UNSW, and she's presented her acclaimed road trip workshops for diverse audiences interested in personal growth and transformation for a variety of urban and regional Australian communities, including international locations virtually as well. Recently, as part of her doctorate research, she guided an innovative virtual reality collaboration perinatal dreaming, understanding country. This evocative, immersive and therapeutic experience evolved from her stolen generation's maternal lineage and her commitment to transmute the compounding impacts of intergenerational and perinatal trauma. On today's podcast, we will discuss supportive pathways to make the unconscious conscious by working with the perinatal as well as the role arts plays in cultivating holistic, personal and community well-being. Marianne, delighted to have you here with us today. Sarah, what a beautiful introduction. Thank you so much. I'm really honoured to be here. I'm thrilled to have you with us. So, look, to get started, could you share a bit about your very extensive background and what it is that's led you to where you are right now? Oh, thanks, Sarah. I'd like to begin with an acknowledgement to the Turrbal and Yagra people in Mianjin and Brisbane, where I'm located today. This is the country on which I was born and grew up, and it's been so significant in the unfolding of my story, this connection to this country here. But my beginnings here 
came after my mother was removed from her country or the country in which she was connected, which is Giramay Mob in North Queensland. I'd like to make an acknowledgement to them and to all the mob in North Queensland at the moment who are dealing with such challenging conditions. Yeah. That acknowledgement of country is extremely important because I have a stolen generation history. I was adopted into a non-Indigenous family and grew up unsettled, for want of a better word, but it wasn't until my Aboriginality started to emerge through life experience that life really started to come into perspective for me. That's the foundations of the work I do is that understanding at a really deep level who we are, how trauma can deviate us from that path of deep knowing who we are, and it can also affect how we express our identity creatively. The work I do now is really inspired by that journey of self-discovery. And from what I know of you, Marianne, as a mentor and colleague, you're working extensively in a cross-disciplinary space. As we mentioned in the intro, extensive experience as a midwife, as an artist, as a community activator, and really merging those disciplines together to do really powerful work now. Can you tell us more about the projects that you're involved with at the moment and the kinds of impacts they are having on both individuals and the communities that you're working with? Yeah, thanks, Sarah. Great question. Again, my work has really evolved from wanting to be the best version of myself possible. These creative practices were things that I discovered that supported the emergence of sometimes really traumatic material and helped me integrate that into my own life. And it was like a sharing away of what I call the Western dominant myth, which I embraced wholeheartedly. I had no reason not to, but never resonated with a deeper appreciation of who I was in the world. I was always terrified. Unsteady is too light a word. I never knew how to navigate the world safely. Coming from a place of just unprecedented fear and terror, that was internally generated. And when I was a child, I translated into experiences in my environment, but there were no high-key trauma experiences, I'm really fortunate to say, as I grew and started to explore my identity more a deeper understanding of what my true identity was. And that was revealed to me. It wasn't something that I had to particularly pursue, although that was an intention. It was a pathway that step-by-step was revealed. Right from the beginning, I've captured the creative processes that depathologized what was happening to me, that transmuted experiences of intense trauma into things of beauty and into artworks and creative pieces that resonated and translated to other people's experiences. The creative practices that were shown to me 
as this pathway of self-discovery was revealed, really, to me, became a deep understanding and appreciation of Aboriginal culture. And the way I translated it through my story, it was a feeling that when I started midwifery, my great-grandmother appeared in that first intense and extraordinary experience and showed me the knowledge system, opened me to the knowledge system that was her custodial duty to share. Somehow I was open and receptive to that. It took me 30 years and I'm still integrating it. But what she showed me was an authentic truth, which is what I believe our First Nations people carry deeply in their cell tissue is that authentic creation myth. There's such abundance and generosity in that knowledge that if we could just be open to receiving it, it reveals to us not only a deep understanding of how incredible we are as individuals, but it shows us a prototype for living that really allows us to flourish on every possible level. My work is about helping people, whoever they are, like people, <laughs> to really break away that shell of trauma that distorts our perceptions and birth who they are more authentically, to shed that shell of hardened fear and terror and resistance and just allow ourselves to be creatively free again. The road trip, perinatal dreaming, the VR experience, most of the work I'm doing at the moment still works with enhanced states of awareness out of that beta hypervigilant brainwave state that we're so addicted to in Western culture and that is so ruthlessly exploited into those subliminal states, into beta, into alpha waves and potentially lower so that people start to get in touch with their own magnificence and start to understand that the solutions for everything they desire comes from within, not without. The arts, creative processes, multidisciplinary ap approaches, all of this holistic paradigm is what was revealed to me to understand about, of course, that's the way that we would flourish because that sort of opportunity that we're stepping into more and more now and impact, boom, you are revolutionary in how you're supporting that, like with your event the other night, those genius women. When people are given that space to bring through their unique knowledge system, then something really extraordinary happens and the arts doesn't become it's so much more than an opportunity. It's a, a critical element in how we create this new state of well-being. Absolutely. And for those who are not familiar with perinatal and perinatal dreaming, can mm -hmm. you dive a little deeper into that and unpack it for our audiences for whom this may be a new concept as to the power that lies in the perinatal and how that impacts the collective through an Indigenous cultural lens and through your therapeutic and creative experiences as a practitioner. Thanks, Sarah. 
Great question. I love talking with you so much. The perinatal from an Indigenous midwife's point of view, this is my custodial responsibility. So working at the interface of birth and death is what brings me alive. That's my superpower. In the process of understanding and listening deeply to people in those states, what I saw over and over again, and this is on a very intimate level, this is night after night, day duty, night duty, weekends, whatever, with people that were giving birth and then later people in the hospice environment that were dying. So you were immersed in this extraordinarily intimate experience where any misperceptions, where toxicity, hostility, all of these things are shed because they can no longer hold a, a priority. You are able to hang on to things less and less in those deeply dynamic alpha omega states of being. So in midwifing those states, what I came to understand and what my great-grandmother so eloquently showed me was our original creation myth. And this is what I try and bring to the events, to the experiences that I facilitate. And it's around bringing us right back to the setting. And to consider this, you need to develop new maps. So when I'm looking at maps that spiritually affect humans, it would be like your biography is down one end of it, the projection to how you live your life. But how I see the trajectory of power is we're starting to understand that childhood experiences, particularly adverse ones, have an impact on how we perceive and create our lives. For me, it's really back in the other direction even more so in that perinatal experiences, the first 1,000 days of life, these experiences are where we are coded by other people's stories more often than not. So with that comes an incredible responsibility. And in traditional times, midwives, elders, the community held pregnant women in such high esteem because they knew the story from her environment, from her feeling experience while she was gestating this soul. One of our old people come back was so integral to how that child, that baby experienced the world. Did it experience the world as a loving, safe container full of opportunities and creative genius? Or was it, as is now the case in Western culture, something full of resistance to be struggled against, to fight, to protect, all of these feeling elements that were never part of that sacred women's business. What I try and introduce in the work that I do now is that understanding of what the creation myth is. And if anybody is perplexed about it, Hollywood has exploited it ruthlessly to great monetary value. It is the original death rebirth uh, trajectory that we know deeply in our DNA. So in relation to birth, it's the idea of coming from the sacred into the good womb, the amniotic universe, oceanic bliss. This marries with an understanding of country in that this deep understanding of space, of nourishment, where in the amniotic universe, through the cord, every possible nutrient requirement is delivered 
in a container of absolute safety and love. There's no need to do anything, not even breathe. Every possible thing is taken care of. So this is an archetypal space that we are unfortunately corroding and corrupting with toxicity all the time. And yet this is a state that increasingly we're being called back to through mindfulness, opportunities, a deep appreciation of country is that feeling state. The same with the oceanic bliss, that deeply nurturing connection to water that we have. I usually take people through evocative experiences of that, whether with images or music, then something around the toxic womb, which again is exemplified in, in the toxicity of Western culture. But what it speaks to in an organic sense is the timeliness of change that in traditional times we would, at the season's change, be motivated to move to a new area, to let the area that we've just been in do a cool burn and let that area rejuvenate. And so there was this constant cycle of change that wasn't rigidly adhered to, it was intuitively danced with. <laughs> when the limitations of the womb become such that it's no longer supporting growth, then labour commences and it's time to change. It's time for the baby to come from that space into the world. Now, again, in Western culture, labour has been ruthlessly corrupted. So the feeling elements that go with labour now were never part of traditional birthing. So feelings of hopelessness, despair, I can't do this, you've got to do this for me, victimization, dark night of the soul. These are Western constructs that are now infecting our psyche and emerging in physical ailments, but in endogenous depression. This longing to go back to the sacred, this giving up, this a lethargy, all of these feeling elements can be imprinted during the labour experience. Whereas traditionally labor was about shedding any toxicity in that process of gearing up, of meeting a challenge full on. Again, in the music element, I tend to put in maybe two or three different tracks that really help people upgrade how they're feeling instead of being stuck in that experience where the cervix is closed and there's no way out, there's no exit, that becomes imprinted into our psyche. The next part of the road trip or the VR experience is critical to remind us about why initiation was so important in traditional cultures. And this is why art is so therapeutic in a sense, because you go through this creative process to gestate and bring something new and different into the world. So similarly in labour, this is often a point where women feel they can't go on, they can't face the challenge, they're still caught in the past. The skill is to help women really seek inside everything that they need to lean into that transformation and imagine what's ahead, not get stuck in the past and what's behind. And if they do, then there's this incredible leap of faith into the unknown. Western culture is set up to keep things familiar. When we're in survival mode, our brain is 
operating in a way that will take us back to the familiar rather than risk moving into the unknown. That is an antagonist and provides incredible resistance to that authentic creation myth where we should feel excitement and curiosity and enthusiasm as we lean into that leap of faith. Again, in Indigenous culture, if you were creating an opportunity where somebody took that leap of faith, then the magic is in how they're received and how they're held in that coming through. So in the road trip and in the VR experience, the silence, the gap, and then the containment, the holding, the landing, the floating lyrically into a new way of being is absolutely critical in the imprinting of why we would lean into change and the inevitability of change. That if we understand that at a very deep level, we don't build this resistance and allow our thinking to keep taking us back to the past. And with that comes all sorts of physical, spiritual, emotional, relational, (laughs) societal, ecological problems. It's not just the coming through the experience, the birth of a new project, a new child, a new way of being. It's what happens next. It's so critically important. That's where a community needs to hold an individual as they step into that new way of being. If you do that alone, it's too challenging and we tend to default back to past paradigms. Whereas if we have a creative community of care around us, individuals that see us, that listen to who we really are, that celebrate our uniqueness, then we begin to flourish. That praise, that acknowledgement. If you've ever been at the birth of a baby that's not being interrupted by stressed out or time-affected professionals, it is one of the most gorgeous celebrations possible. And even more so when it's nonverbal, when it's just tears and singing, sound, song, movement, the tangible feeling of love. That's what you want to imprint on someone in that vulnerable place of new beginnings. Becoming magnificent after that, remembering who we are, understanding how great we are and how great we are together. That's the message of the work I do. It's it's not even so much about the resources. It's about me finding opportunities where I believe everybody's ancestors, spirit, whatever you think of that force, that creative force that's constantly expanding and progressing and evolving us, I create opportunities where people can step out of this mad and often hostile world into the space and connect with themselves. They don't need an expert. They need a container and somebody who can say, I've got this, while you go inside and discover just how magnificent you really are. That's what I do, Sarah, on a good day. (laughs) And it's remarkable, Marianne, and real, really honour how seamlessly and skillfully you do that across lots of places and spaces. So 
I've witnessed Marianne holding these containers in communities that have gone through a lot of collective grief and and challenge, as well as communities of health professionals who are willing and open to reconsider broader paradigms of what therapy and wellbeing can look like. And that's just a few, you know, I know you've worked in the health setting, obviously, as well as education and community. And that's where you've been recognised as well, very deeply through your Australia Arts Council work. Marianne, can you tell us about some inspiring projects or initiatives that you've come across recently that you feel are creating really positive change? Thanks, Sarah. There are so many. Just to briefly refer back to what I said, I feel like we're at a time historically where people are really birthing themselves. The work's been done. This is just a time of such great opportunity. The work that you and Tom are doing, Ali Kelly, like every single one of the women in the Impact Boom event that you sent me the material for, I was awestruck. I'm doing my doctorate at Griffith Uni at the moment and I'm fortunate to be doing the first arts health. Now, Professor Naomi Sunderland has been hugely impactful in offering this opportunity and getting this up and running. Professor Naomi Sunderland and her team, two or three, three I can think of immediately who are doing their doctorates through CARI, the Creative Arts Research Institute at Griffith at the moment, as part of the Remedy Project. This is mind-blowing. It is world-class, mind-blowing, award-winning projects that are, are happening. There are so many happening that we can't keep up with them all. Out of the work that I've done with Bark, the Big Anxiety Research Centre, Professor Jill Bennett, Dr. Gail Kenning, her team there, the VR team, Volker, and the team, extraordinary cutting-edge innovation. Again, it's these collaborative projects, these geniuses are coming together that are no longer competing, that are wise enough souls that they flourish in a holistic, collaborative environment, and they really flourish from that interdisciplinary expansion that occurs when everybody brings their best. In Warwick, we were part of a film that Article 1 made Changing Our Ways, and this is a documentary that focused, you saw the film, Sarah, extraordinary, focused on a community that's been smashed by youth suicide and how these incredibly strong women, Kushla Rabbit, Cynthia Hoffman, Delvin Charles, like so many of these incredible strong women and this strong community that is emerging there in defiance of such horrifying trauma to transform their lives and the lives of others. I would encourage people to just get out amongst it. Trust your inner guidance. What I'm finding is there's so much material there that if you move forward with this quiet intent about what do you need next for your own progression and development, then it will miraculously appear. But stay in that open-hearted, generous space 
of appreciating what an extraordinary time in history we're enjoying at this moment. Absolutely. And Marianne, are there any books or resources that you would like to recommend to our listeners? There is a paper that is in a very process today of being published, and that's connecting us back to ourselves an aesthetic experience as a means of growth after trauma. That's a collaborative paper published with the Bark team, Professor Jill Bennett, Gail Canning and her team there. Great read. Get a hold of that. There's a lot of articles out there. There's some great books on social justice coming out at the moment. Professor Carolyn Lynette, yeah, there's a lot of material out there. So Trust your guidance and expose yourself to as much as you can. Amazing. Marianne, it's been terrific having you here with us. Thank you so much for your time, your wisdom, your contributions and all that you do and be. Thank you, Sarah. It's always an honour and privilege to sit with you. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.